Hello everyone, and welcome to another Chatterbug stream. My name is Max Roberts. Let's learn some English. So, Valentine's Day is nearly here. It is nearly upon us. And so let's talk a little bit about the science of love. Today I am Dr. Max, Doctor of Love. <laughs> and uh, we are going to talk about the science of love. Now, one of the first things that people always talk about is they talk about their heart with love. We're always talking about, you know, my heart feels this way, my heart feels that way. But actually, there is another organ that is more important when talking about love. So, what organ, this means body part, what organ is the most important in love? Uh, the stomach, the brain, or the lungs? The stomach the brain or the lungs? <gasps> Very good. Um, hello, Aneta. Uh, hello, Ida. Um, <laughs> Geraldine. Hello, Dr. Max. Hello. Uh, good to see you all and welcome. So many in the chat. Very, very nice. Um, very, very good if you said the brain. The brain is very important when it comes to love. And we're going to talk a little bit about what happens in your brain when you fall in love. So the first thing is uh, we want to talk a little bit about lust. Lust. So this is maybe the first feeling when you see someone that you think looks pretty nice. Um, so let me just read you a little sort of scientific thing about it. Um, so, the lust stage, sexual hormones are activated at this point. Testosterone and estrogen flood our brains as a response to someone. Uh, this phase has to do with primal sexual attraction, which is related to reproductive impulses. Uh, so, that's pretty uh, complicated English. Let's see if we got any of it. So, first off, We're talking about testosterone and estrogen. Uh, these are hormones that flood the brain when you find someone kinda attractive. <laughs> and then it said it all relates back to reproductive impulses. Uh, so what are reproductive impulses? What does it relate to? Is it getting married, making babies, or retirement? Reproductive impulses. Um, <laughs> let's see if you get that right. Uh, so if we're talking about the lust stage of uh, romance, I guess obviously part of it deep down is to do with making babies. Very, very good. Anything to do with reproduction, you're talking about the idea of humans or animals or plants creating more of themselves. So reproducing more humans, I guess you want to think of it as. Reproduction, uh, reproductive impulses, very good. Now, the next phase we might talk about after lust is attraction, attraction. So let's have a read again. So the sexual hormones start to leave more and more space for, uh, to dopamine, dopamine, the hormone that makes us feel energetic and euphoric. Uh, Norepinephrine uh, also plays a major role during this phase. Um, also, during the attraction phase, there's a reduction in the levels of serotonin. Uh, aside from being the hormone of happiness, it's one of the hormones that regulates hunger and sleep. 
So if you've ever heard of someone saying, I'm so in love, I forgot to eat or sleep, you know why. Um, so the serotonin level can drop in this phase and often it's why when we start to really, really find someone really attractive, you might even feel a little bit blue, a little bit low, a little bit down. I certainly get that. I get the kind of like, oh, oh no feeling. Um, so some English that we spoke about was energetic and euphoric. Energetic and euphoric. Is energetic and euphoric positive? Energetic and euphoric. Uh, quite complicated words. Energetic and euphoric. Ah! Uh, energetic and euphoric. Is it positive or not? Uh, <laughs> Aneta, obviously you like these glasses. Thank you. <laughs> It's the best I've ever looked. Very good, everyone. Energetic and euphoric are pretty positive feelings, full of energy, and euphoria is the kind of feeling of like joy and wonder that floods your whole body, euphoria. Um, so that's obviously quite a positive phase of attraction, but also the serotonin levels can drop, and this means that you can feel a bit blue, you can lose your appetite, and you can lose sleep. Uh, so I want to know from you, have you ever lost your appetite because you are in love. Lost your appetite, that means not feeling so hungry anymore. Have you ever lost your appetite because you were in love? Yes, you're not sure or no. Now I absolutely know this feeling where, you know, like I'm on a date and I'm sitting opposite someone who I think is really, really great and I've got a whole pizza in front of me and I just cannot eat it. <laughs> and I'm like, I have to eat because then I look weird, like I'm not eating, but I'm not hungry. I've had that feeling. Um, so it looks like a lot of you have had that feeling. Um, it's like a kind of split, but uh, a lot of you have had that feeling. So very, very good. Excellent. Now the next stage that we're going to talk about is attachment. Attachment. So we've had lust, the first phase, attraction, the second phase, and now we're looking at attachment. Uh, now this one is not always exclusive to romance, but it's one of the most important phases for a long-lasting relationship. So the hormones that are produced the most in this phase are oxytocin and vasopressin, um, and both are responsible for our feelings of empathy, intimacy, and interpersonal bonding. Empathy, intimacy, and interpersonal bonding. So these are quite complicated word, uh, words. Empathy is the feeling of, you know, you can tell someone else's feelings. Uh, so if there's someone you're very close to, you can feel the way they feel. Uh, and maybe you even feel things with them. So if they're happy, it makes you happy. Uh, intimacy, of course, is the feeling of closeness uh, between two people. Uh, it's that feeling of real kind of connection. And interpersonal bonding. What do we think interpersonal bonding means? Uh, is it your relationship with yourself or a relationship between two people? If we talk about interpersonal bonding, uh, interpersonal, does that mean you're kind of connecting with yourself or you're connecting with someone else? If I say interpersonal. I'm going to give you a clue. Think of the word international or 
interactive, that might give you a clue. That might help a little bit. Interpersonal, international, uh, interactive. So words that begin with inter, it's usually talking about the relationship with between two things or two separate bodies. Um, so interpersonal bonding would mean bonding with someone else, having a, an increased bond with someone else. So very good if you put a relationship between people. Now, we've spoken a little bit about the science of love, so I hope you're all feeling very scientific, but let's take it back to a little bit of English learning and let's look at some common phrases that you might use in the English language to describe these phases. You're not going to go, well, I met this guy and my serotonin levels dropped and my... <laughs> you're not going to say that. You're going to say something like to fall for someone or to fall in love. So when we fall in love or when we fall for someone, our dopamine levels go up uh, and our serotonin levels maybe drop. And so that gives us that anxious feeling uh, to fall in love. We say fall in love. And that is that feeling where you suddenly realize, ah, it's more than just friends. It's more than just attraction. I really, really like this person. Uh, to be crazy about someone, to be crazy about someone. Now, this is an expression we use. It can be positive. It can be a bit negative. It depends on the context. Um, when you're, ah, oh, you know, you could say, ah, oh, they've been going out for a few weeks now. He is crazy about her. It's lovely to see. And that's a positive thing. Uh, but you could also go like, oh, I'm crazy about him. I can't sleep. I can't drink. I can't talk anymore. I get nervous and sweaty. Uh, so it depends on the situation to be crazy about someone. Uh, we've all been there <laughs> when you feel like you've lost your mind uh, because you're into someone. Um, to be lovestruck, to be lovestruck, this is the sudden boom. Wow, this person is amazing. To be lovestruck, whack. <laughs> that is quite a, an intense feeling. Um, and yes, uh, again, it's sometimes a little uncomfortable when, you, when you, you don't know if the person likes you back, but you go, wow, I've been struck by love. And then finally, and this is when things don't go so well, and obviously this can be explained by science as well, to have a broken heart or to be heartbroken. So when all of your hormones are telling you to chase this person and be with this person and they don't want to be with you back, then it is heartbreaking. I have a broken heart. I am heartbroken. Um, and I guess, you know, maybe it's a small consolation when you feel like this, that you go, it's just my hormones. It is just my, like chemicals in my brain. It's not a real thing, but it can feel pretty real to have your heart broken or to have a broken, to be heartbroken. Uh, so those were my expressions. Let's look at them one more time. To fall in love or to fall for someone, to be crazy about someone, to be lovestruck, or to have a broken heart, or to be heartbroken. And I wish all of you no heartbreak on Valentine's Day. Um, I hope you're either single and happy about it, or you spend the time with your loved one. Uh, fingers crossed for a happy Valentine's Day for everyone. Thanks so much for your great comments in the chat. Um, lovely, lovely. <laughs> Eugenia likes my glasses. <laughs> 
Very, very good. Um, thanks for watching. It's been a lot of fun. And I'll see you on the next stream. Until then, bye-bye.